you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Around the League Podcast. Wonders what Dan Deerdorf is doing right now. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes, Chris Wesseling, Mark Sessler, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. How you doing? Welcome back, Mark. Thanks. We missed you on Sunday. I had like five people IM me. It like within five minutes of each other this morning. How sick were you? Were you sick? <laughs> I wasn't sick. That's what we were told. You were under the weather. I was fine. I had, had started my day at three in the morning, what did so you think I was about, under the covers. Is what did I you was. think about Sunday's <laughs> podcast? I thought it was well crafted. Good opinion. Mark's never, listened, never listened to, to the listen. ATL podcast. Mark hasn't listened to the shows. He's not on. It's fine. I'll get to it. <laughs> it's a little weird even to listen to the shows you are on. Although I've done that. Here with this podcast, but I, it's hard to listen to yourself. I listen to every show and then take detailed notes <laughs> yeah, about right. my own performance. Copious. solely. Uh, Wes, thank you for coming in on your off day. Uh, you you told me last night that you were potentially planning uh, some type of journey outside or outdoors. I was planning on hiking Escondido Falls in Malibu. <sighs> I don't like the sound of this. This is like the making of a bestseller by John Krakauer. This is like a deliverance type of situation. Well, that I mean, that would be worst case scenario. But why don't you just hit the hot tub, grab a wine cooler, turn up some Winwood, relax. I don't listen to Steve Winwood in my hot tub. Malibu, what are you going to like tumble off a cliff and into an upscale restaurant? <laughs> it's not exactly you know, the wilderness. What's funny is you know it's the 21st century, so of course I read online reviews of my hike, and it that's kind of what the review was. Uh, there is potential of tumbling off the side of a cliff, but there's oh, also there's also people talking about like the first quarter of the walk is through like mansion filled neighborhoods. Mm. <laughs> it's Malibu. Is there Greg in Wes's contract? Is there something language like in the NFL where you can't have a motorcycle? Can he go climb like a steep mountainside? I like it. Wes is embracing the West Coast. It's like. You know, we're hanging out at pools and barbecuing on Christmas. We're going for hikes. I want to keep Wes on the West Coast, not go back. So this is good. We also want to keep him alive. That's my biggest concern. Um, Yet you wanted me to eat softball pants. 
Mm, that's true. <laughs> so many contradictions. There from were, many contradictions. Uh, all right, before we move on, obviously this is uh, we're getting day by day closer to one of the great championship weekends ever uh, with the Broncos and Patriots and then the Seahawks and Niners. Uh, we had talked about Colin Kaepernick, who's emerging as a major figure um, because of uh, you know some of the his behavior with Cam Newton. Got some feedback on Twitter. Um, first, some good feedback on Twitter. Uh, this is from Amar Abulgamag. That's definitely not how you pronounce it. Uh, he he t- he tweeted, "When is the new pod going to be available? It's 4 a.m. here in Egypt. Should I wait or listen tomorrow?" That's loyal fandom. Wow. And Wes, if you this hypothetical map, if you ever buy it, Egypt is a great spot. <laughs> off season, <laughs> off season project. Yeah, and then uh, some negative tweets toward us as well. Uh, if Colin Kaepernick is this close to annoying you, I said that on this podcast Sunday. Why don't you just ignore him? It's not like he seeks you out. Hashtag common sense, whatever, dude. And then at <laughs> NFL ATL, you guys can't give any credit to the Niners. Sick. F- the Seahawks and your podcast sucks. Hmm. At Greg Rosenthal, at Chris Wessling, at Dan Hansis, at Mark Sessler. I, I like, like that we have a presence in the Middle East. It's good. W- wait, it's good feedback. Didn't Greg say that that was the most impressive performance by any team last week, the 49ers there game? Was, that's true. It, we did get a lot of <clears throat> tweets from 49ers fans saying we were harsh about them, which I, I guess was about the Kaepernick thing. I guess that I was where it I think it was all Kaepernick-driven, but if, if they actually if they listen, listen to, to me, the show, yeah. they would hear that everyone's – Completely, we all respect the Niners and feel they are a very real threat to win this whole thing. So I just I don't I don't appreciate I feel the negativity a rant coming on here. No, I just I mean no from myself. Okay, well you let it go. Look, people, your mothers raised you to be well-rounded human <laughs> beings, not drooling, obsessed fanboy lunatics. It's time to either read some Thoreau and go out into the desert or the wilderness, do some self-reflection, or just step away from football for a while. Hike in the richest part of Southern California. Because you've lost perspective as a human being. All right, that's it. Well, sometimes these people are like 14 years old, by the way. That is usually the answer to the question. It's like they don't don't have a car, they don't have friends, (laughs) they're obsessed with football. I think we've all been there. Well, now that we've alienated our entire listener. We've kept the ones we want. (laughs) <laughs> hey, and I stuck up for Kaepernick. I said, "You guys, you know, this, you he's did. like he's like the the Steve Smith of quarterbacks. I like a little saltiness." So, you know, we're a balanced news program. And if you do hate on us, that's fine as long as you vote for us for the stitches. We are balanced, but we're not fair. But West <laughs> called them the hottest team in the NFC. It's context collapse. They see a headline, they don't read the full story. And the most complete team in the NFL. All right. We, obviously, we're going to be getting into this, these games all week. Uh, this week, or this podcast, we will be interviewing uh, Greg Hardy, the Carolina Panthers star who obviously is no longer in the dance, but he is a ATL favorite. Uh, Mark and I will be uh, speaking with him a little later in the show. Uh, we're also going to play a new game uh, called What's More Likely today. Wow. Get excited for that. But first, we will start with the headlines. doesn't have the same pizzazz as the uh, K-Rich theme. Sounds like Morley Safer is coming on or something. <laughs> Nothing against the gold standard behind the glass. Not taken. Not taken. <laughs> um, all right, headlines. Jim Caldwell will replace Jim Schwartz as the next Detroit Lions head coach. That became official on Tuesday. Uh, Caldwell, of course, previously uh, spent, what was it, three seasons? Three seasons. With the Indianapolis Colts, and now he gets a second shot with the Lions, who, of course, were spurned by Ken Wisenhunt a day earlier 
Wisenhunt took the job in Tennessee. Thoughts? There's a lot of white noise in the analysis here. How do we figure out who Jim Caldwell is? Like, he took the Colts to the Super Bowl, or unless you want to look at it as Peyton Manning took the Colts to the Super Bowl, and then they completely collapsed after Peyton Manning uh, sat out a year. He turned the Ravens' season around, had the best game mm. of was, – was at the helm for the best stretch of Flacco's career, and then they finished 29th in total offense this year. Who is Jim Caldwell? That's a great question. It's, yeah. it's a perfect, perfectly said. I can't add much to that. Do the Lions even know who he is? Because he obviously wasn't even their first choice. Well, I mean, he, how much did they have to talk themselves into this? I, you're not hiring Jim Caldwell because he's an offensive genius or strategist. You know, the more I know about the NFL and have followed it, the more I think the head coach position is not all about X's and O's. It's That's only a tiny part of it. And I think they're hiring Jim Caldwell to be a leader of men, a leader of the franchise, someone to represent them, some someone that can bring in a good staff that's been in the league a long time and set the right people in place. And, oh, by the way, is really good with quarterbacks. At least that's w- what he sold them on, and he can take Matthew Stafford to the next level. I don't think they're going to hire anyone that wasn't a guy who can work well with quarterbacks. Isn't he a flip side from what you had with Jim, Jim Schwartz? It's I think we look at he's safe and maybe bordering on milk toast. This from goes a back to angle. our ex-girlfriend theory. When yeah, you, it fits When you perfect. dump a girl or break up with a girl, you want the opposite next time. You well, always other, get the opposite coach, and he yeah. is the opposite of Jim Schwartz. Yeah, and Schwartz, who repeatedly, and I think to a fault, when asked, does your quarterback have issues, mechanical issues, I mean, it's not stuff we can necessarily see, but I think we can see some of it. He just was so laissez-faire about it, just bumped it off as a non-issue. And Caldwell, I think, if anything, has been brought in to say in, from his first interview when he broke, when he sat down and said, "I've looked at all the film." There's a more serious approach to fixing Matthew Stafford. Well, we saw what he did with Curtis Painter. That was yeoman's work. So now he's going to take that, transfer those abilities. Yeah, you were going to say to he Matthew was an Indy for three seasons. I don't think he was there for that third season. I'm not sure where he was. He was like Art Shell. Hey, that performance got them Andrew Luck. It, yeah, that's very true. true. That's very true. true. It makes you wonder who his defensive coordinator is going to be. That's such a you know big part of the equation. Is Larry Coyer available? Oh my god! They <laughs> the one thing is he's not going to embarrass the organization. You would think he's going to represent them well, and I don't think that should be the number one thing when you're looking for a head coach. But after the Jim Schwartz era. That's at probably near the top of their list. Mm. But you said it. It was a disappointment for them. They wanted Ken Wisenhunt. Ian Rapport reported it, and they didn't get him. And it, it just makes you feel, if you're a Lions fan, like, you know, here we go again. Here's, here's one interesting stat. Uh, this actually from, Greg, your former colleague at Pro Football Talk, Michael David Smith. Jim Caldwell is 24-8 and eight when he has Peyton Manning, 28-77. and 77. That includes his college career when he doesn't. I well, don't know what to make of that. By the way, that, what's Wisenhunt's kind of record without Kurt Warner? Right. I mean, talk about there are all these. None of these guys are a home run. Kurt Wisenhunt or Ken Wisenhunt floundered for years what? when he had Derek Anderson under center <laughs> and the rest of that crew. Right? What's Bill Belichick's without Tom Brady? What's John Fox's without Peyton Manning? Not to throw Caldwell in with Belichick, but <laughs> John Fox you know, is pretty good with Jack Delhomme. He's okay. Okay, and the other we should touch on the the Titans hire as well. Wisenhunt. Uh, took the job yesterday. Wes, I know you wrote a piece that Wisenhunt, uh, it, it's good for Jake Locker for him to be there, and that will that will potentially help take Locker uh, to the next level. 
Uh, one counter I have to that, I'm interested in what you think. I mean, Wisenhunt obviously was great when Warner was entrenched. His final season in Arizona, I think he started 4,000 quarterbacks. Is he, does he have the patience to deal with Jake Locker? Well, I, don't, I think there's a saying about you can't make chicken salad out of chicken chinola. <laughs> That's what it is. Chinola. I don't think you can uh, create uh, Max Hall into some Frankenstein-type NFL quarterback. You're not but, buying John Skelton either. No, Skelton, I don't think he had much to work with there. And um, I don't think Kevin Cobb was ever going to be good enough uh, in a muddy pocket to win in the NFL. But he was. But Wisenhunt was part of a group that, in, I, it's not his decision alone, that signed off on that Cobb trade, which plenty of people thought was a junky move to begin with. Desperation makes you do funny things. It does. But, he, I, you know, is he given more credit than due for Rivers, too, when McCoy was on the scene? He's another guy, I think— represents a franchise well and whether that's fair or not I think owners choose guys based on who looks like a head coach who's going to be the face of our franchise who kind of cuts that figure of all the Super Bowls I went to in terms of just doing the press conference and seeming like an impressive individual like Ken Wisenhunt was more impressive than any other coach just in person and I could see how in an interview setting and his background how he's going to impress them it's like I got this. Ken Wisenhunt's coming to town. Well, and in his defense, I think even going back to May and June, we were seeing that he was already working with Rivers. I don't think we can say that was all McCoy. I think that was a lot of Wisenhunt. He developed Big Ben, uh, who was the winning winningest quarterback in NFL history through two seasons. Uh, really had his career start the same way the 49ers and Seahawks did with Wilson and Kaepernick, like relying on defense in a run game. I think he's shown he can, he can do well with quarterbacks. It's really interesting he chose – the Titans and Jake Locker and I know he's lived in Nashville around there before because he coached there for a little in college but that to me says something and I think Jake Locker could be really good I think it wouldn't shock me if in three years Jake Locker is a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford wouldn't surprise me at all he just has to stay healthy all right, there are two remaining head coaching openings now the Cleveland Browns and the Minnesota Vikings uh, there are reports that uh, Bengals defensive coordinator Mike Zimmer is very close to being named the guy in Minnesota. That could even happen by the time you hear this. Uh, things are a little less clear in Cleveland. Uh, there's an interview set to take place eventually with Broncos coordinator Adam Gase, of course, the the mastermind behind what the Broncos did this year. Mark, uh, any thoughts on this? <laughs> I just think this is well, – I, th- I think there will be two moves here potentially. This is just me spitballing that they – to get the guy that they want, they may have to make a structural move in the front office. Because I think that you've got a year in, Haslam, uh, every guy they're talking to has closer Haslam ties than he do, outside of Josh McDaniels than he does Banner or Lombardi. And I think the Haslam's taken over this search, and that's when you're hearing whispers about there's a front office that isn't in tune because you got these two underlings that thought they were in control and want A, but Haslam's saying, I'm not dropping any more wasted guaranteed money on your pick. I'm going to have my hands on this from start to finish. Gase is Peyton Manning and Haslam because that always are works close. Well. I'm not saying it's going to work. I'm saying that's what's happening. And listen, nothing's guaranteed to work well. I don't have a problem with them not being the second team to hire a coach and land Caldwell or Ken Wisenhunt. It, I, it, there's no Chip Kelly sitting out there. Well, what so, happens when the Browns hire Mike Munchak? I know that's your theory. I mean, why do you think <laughs> they would do that? It just feels feels right, well, unfortunately. Well, here's when it becomes a problem. I thought the Cleveland Plain dealer, dealer report was interesting, that colleagues are warning Gase against that job, 
And to me, I don't think Gase wants it. I don't think Gase. I think Gase knows he's not ready to be a head coach. I think you're right. Why would you? Why would you want to step into that if you don't feel ready? I don't think he's... money, 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 money. Five hundred percent raise from a year ago when you're making thirty, forty thousand dollars a year. Hey, do you want to make thirty thousand a year? I doubt he's making. What do you think he was making? I don't. What do you think he was making as a quarterbacks coach last year? I guess the Seven. point being, see is that a factor? Hey. Huge. But is that hey, the only here's factor? Three million dollars. Here's twelve million dollars on a four-year contract. Tell me who's turning down this money. And Everyone talks a about lot great of these, jobs. These if jobs don't come around. If a lot. he's confident that he's a good coach, that will be there again next year. Uh, it's hard to turn career those planning down. goes into it to some degree. You don't just jump but on the only opportunity. I, I disagree. I think almost every coach jumps on the first opportunity. That's what coaches do. They try to go up. They're never trying to go down. They They're should. trying to go up. They're trying to make more money, and they think if they're a great coach, they'll make it work. Think about, back to citing the Jets as an example, uh, Brian Schottenheimer was a shoe-in as a future head coach in 2010. Uh, the wheels fall off, and now he's just meandering through the league. I mean, these guys, I think they need to take advantage of these opportunities. Brian Schottenheimer was thought of that highly? I remember he was a very he was a hot name for as a future head coach. You don't hear any of that anymore. Here's hot what, names can cool down. Perry Fuel is another one. I mean, it, it does happen. These guys go up and down. It, here's real quick. I think what, what you're going to see happen. I think the Gase thing buys them time because everyone says, "Oh, we don't expect an announcement for potentially two, three weeks." Gase may be their number one. Maybe that's where it is. Maybe Dan's right about Munchak. I think they're going to pull in a name that we haven't even heard yet. I agree, and I don't care that they haven't hired anyone yet. The timing doesn't really matter. To me, the the bigger problem is what gives any confidence that this crew is going to do it well because they've already had one chance, and it went as poorly as possible. They made their choice, and they fired him one year into it, and now you're talking about you know infrastructure battling and all that. It's gone poorly. No confidence. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's turn our attention now uh, to the championship Sunday uh, before we get to Greg Kraken and New game. Greg Kraken. <laughs> I like that. Well, actually, we should just call him that. Why, do, why doesn't he just change his name? It's much better than Dante Hitner. Huh. Come on, let's be fair. I, I like that. And and you should know that you have swayed me over subconsciously. I'm no longer pronouncing it Kraken. <laughs> is that what it is? Yes. I always thought it was Kraken, but I think you guys are right. I Kraken. made it through about 27 minutes of the first Lord of the Rings. And vowed never to try again. Oh, I didn't even know. It was I didn't the know Lord it of the came Rings. from the Lord that of the Rings. Monster, I thought it came from. I don't believe is in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, I thought it came from ancient sea myths, but oh, it's, I, I think I believe it's a Clash of the Titans. Watch reference. your mouth. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know the reference. Sue me. Let's move on to our big game. Uh, <laughs> now it's a rum or something like that, or whiskey. It I, is. I think it's a rum. I think so. A bad rum. Black special rum. There what is go. it? Gold Fine. standard immediately jumping in with the alcohol <laughs> clarification. Alcohol. Just so you all know. I'm on it. I don't have a problem. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The game is called What's More Likely. Um, I had talked to uh, the gold standard before the show if it was possible to get um, like a crowd, a, a crowd together to be like, what's more likely? I was wondering if that technology existed. Apparently, it's about 30 years away. Nothing exists, right? <laughs> no, not to my knowledge. This is our big moment, though. Could be yeah. 10 minutes away if you just grab a crew from downstairs and record it. We talked about that, the too. The four of yeah. us could do it. <laughs> I don't know if it would happen. We could do it live right now. Do you want to try it? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> Greg, game as always. All right, let's get, into, <laughs> let's get into it. What's more likely? And we'll start with Greg. Peyton Manning throws more than two interceptions on Sunday 
where LeGarrette Blunt rushes for more than 150 yards? Blunt, by far. Because you said more than two interceptions. So mm-hmm. that's three. I don't see that happening in this biggest spot. The Patriots aren't a good secondary or not a great defense, but they are opportunistic. They pick off passes to Lee, McCordy, Denard, even Arrington. They make some plays. They're good uh, with the ball in the air. But I don't think Manning's going to have much trouble. I don't think he's going to make those mistakes. And I could see LeGarrette Blunt running through that Broncos defense. Uh, if memory serves, the last time Peyton Manning threw three interceptions was that game in Atlanta in like week two of last year. No, oh, when everybody thought his career was yeah, over. Yeah, and he's been on fire since then. Right. If you said two or more, I would have thought about it a little harder because, you know, two, two I could I agree see. 100%. I mean, why, why would it be a surprise if LeGarrette did do that? Well, he's the are we, are he's we buying in now that he's back. a superstar running back? Not a superstar, but he's getting all the he's getting the workload, and he has it's been the for hottest a while. running back in the NFL. One hundred and fifty is. is a big number, though. If he runs for one hundred and fifty yards, they're probably winning that game. He's got Greg's, deal with, his blood's boiling. He's getting, <laughs> I like I like it. He's got to deal with pot roast. All right, let's move on. How's the game so far? It's all right. I it's like good. It's good game. It's, it's good game. It's intense. It's a good game. Came up with this morning. I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> But we need that technology. You're like the 21st century version of Wink Martindale. <laughs> <laughs> I would take that life. All right, Wes, <clears throat> since you just compared me to Wink Martindale, what's more likely, the Broncos miss Von Miller at a punishing level or the Patriots miss Rob Gronkowski at a punishing level? That's a good question because I- I'll say the, P- the Broncos miss Von Miller. They've played better defense, but they've also faced some suspect mm. offenses. The Chargers are really the only – good offense they've played against since losing Von Miller. Whereas I think the Patriots have proven they can run the ball without Gronk and they can pass it when they need to. They're not the same dynamic offense, but they're still one of the best offenses in the NFL since losing Gronk. I'll go the other way. I think that New England with Gronk would have been potentially unstoppable at this point in the season with the way they are running the ball and doing everything else well. I there's still a limited offense in terms of how they pass the ball without him. Julian Edelman's been outstanding production-wise, but uh, I don't know. You put Gronk on this team, I don't think anyone stops him. I, I miss Gronk. I've had all this time to think about it, and I still don't know. That's how great a it's question a, yeah. that was. All right, let's hear it. It's time. Uh, I would have to go with Mark and Gronkowski just because – as great as Von Miller is, wow, it's tough to say Gronkowski is that much better of a player than, than He's Miller. Tough one. They're He's almost not. equals at their positions, respective yeah. positions. Right, I, I agree. But Gronkowski, the way he was playing this year and the running game and the blocking and everything, I think the Broncos could survive without the greatest pass rush in the world more than – I mean, if the Patriots had Gronkowski, I don't know if anyone's stopping that offense. Dan, I have to give you credit. You don't throw softballs. You're no. like the Mike Wallace of podcast. I'll, pro- I'll probably mess it up in the second <laughs> Either half. Either that or you the threw 60- this softball like 90 miles an hour. <laughs> the 60 minutes, Mike Wallace, not the Miami Dolphins, Mike Wallace. <laughs> oh, yeah, big difference. <laughs> the argument for Miller – they the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the argument for Miller is if you get pressure on Brady – he, he, you even saw it a little bit in the Colts game when it came. I, he's not the same guy he was when he's younger, and they're all quick passing. I think they've changed their offense enough where they don't have the deep drops. They're not throwing it deep that much anyways, so it would be tough to get pressure on Brady. I watched they did a replay of, I believe, the Week 12 Broncos-Patriots game at Mile High, and the reason this came to mind is because uh, Gronk was a huge factor in that game. Uh, he was, you know, Brady's favorite target. He had a big touchdown. 
that led to that Brady Gronk bro out scene in the end zone. The, the game's uh, tying score, I believe, early. Not in the, the proudest quarter. moment for Patriots fans <laughs> this season. <laughs> I just like bringing that up. That in the interview of Brady with Women's Wear Daily, where oh. he admitted his fondness for frozen margaritas. I don't know if you guys caught that this I week. Saw I saw that. I probably disturbing. got the wrong magazine, but it was something it's like disturbing. that. It was also he had another answer. It was total cheese ball. I sent it to <laughs> Sessler. It was like. What do you prefer, prefer a woman wearing? It's like, nothing at all. Ah, not at all. That's Come a on. good answer. Come on, Tom. Who, says, who has au naturel in their vocabulary? <laughs> no, as if a press agent didn't respond through like typewritten emails to some magazine no, with that. Well, that was part of it, too. The fact that Tom would say that as the answer because, you know, all his handlers are like, oh, can we let that go through? It was a little risque. God. <laughs> I like Brady, though. I do. Yeah, it's so obvious. Um, what's more likely? Oh, my point, though, was that Gronk was such a huge part of that comeback for the Broncos. And um, and I do miss Gronk because he he's such a fun guy to watch. And him not being involved in this game is a little bittersweet. True. Didn't, See, I, Von, Miller have a, didn't Von Miller have a touchdown in that game and another sack? I mean, they both were huge. It's not even bittersweet. It's just bitter. What's, mm. What would be good about it? <laughs> I don't know. You just hate the Patriots. I don't hate them. I hate that the Jets can't go to the playoffs ever. All right, let's move on. Mark, what's more likely? Julian Edelman finishes with 120 yards receiving, uh. or Wes Wilk- Welker finishes with 80 yards receiving? This is an odd one, Dan. Yeah, I, I wanted to give you a it's little interesting, bit of a, though. a tricky one. I have an answer for this one. Uh, Welker has more catches over the last six games of the regular season than any player in the NFL. Edelman, you mean. What did I say? Welker. Welker. You said Welker. <clears throat> I meant Edelman. Mike Dang, all that's, why, that's why we have, a, so that's why we have an editor alike. in here. They all look alike yeah. at Mark. Well, you're, no, you. you're no Mike Adams. Mike is racist. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Nonsense. I don't think that uh, I have a problem with that one. I'm going to pick Edelman 120 yards, and I think Welker's going to far surpass 80. Hmm. Wait. then What's more likely? But what's more, let you didn't answer the question. You said Edelman. They'll both busted. have more. So I'm go- <laughs> I mean, if they're both, gonna, if I think they're both going to have more, it's a push, I guess. Welker looked shell shocked to me last week. He was mm. the slowest player on the field. He did not look like himself last week. Maybe he was just rusty. I don't know, but I, I wouldn't expect him to have a big game. First time they played, four catches for 31 yards. Obviously, had the rough uh, punt return that never happened at the end of the game. Last week, six catches. 38 yards uh, against Kansas City when they scored 35 points, 38 yards. He, he did have a nice game against Tennessee before he got hurt. He hasn't been a big-time producer lately. He is going to be the most talked about. Mike Tanier wrote this, the most talked about guy that gets between 30 and 40 yards in the league this week. I mean, of course he could be a bigger factor, mm. but Edelman, you said it. He's been the most consistent receiver in terms of just piling up receptions of any player in the league right now. I can't wait for uh, all media members to uh, sit there with bated breath waiting for Welker to say his opinions on Brady and Belichick because it's <laughs> only been f- four or five weeks since the last time he gave his opinions on what it's like to play against Brady and Belichick. That must be tiresome for him. He never says anything right. either. But I guess we're obligated to ask those questions every single time they play each well, other. Well, it is a good story. I know that we get tired of banging like an, an obvious storyline, but this was the biggest free agent um, it was, it conversation was a, in the offseason. It was a good story the first time they played each right. other, not every time they play each other. 
But it was for Patriots fans, it was hard to see Welker go, and they've replaced them well with Edelman and Amendola uh, to a certain degree. But how painful would it be to see Welker running up and down the field on the Patriots? I mean, this was one of the biggest decisions of the offseason. It was a classic Patriots decision, and it's either going to look pretty smart on Sunday or it could come back to haunt them. Greg, what's more likely? Michael Crabtree goes over 150 yards receiving, or Mar- Marshawn Lynch goes over 150 yards rushing. Oh, Lynch, that's an easy one. I don't know if either one of these passing games are going to go over 150 yards. It wouldn't stun me if this game kind of looks like that first game where it was 5 nothing at the half <clears throat> and the Seattle offense hadn't done anything. People think of that game like a blowout. Russell Wilson completed eight passes in that game. They couldn't do anything throwing the ball. Things worked out their way in the second half. I'm going Lynch. It's all about the running game. I don't know. Lynch only has, I think, 100-yard rushing performance over the last, like, seven or eight weeks. Hmm. And San Francisco has... Right. San Francisco has the fourth best rushing defense in football, and that's gotten better all all the time. Uh, All it takes is one long run. Well, or one long catch by Crabtree. I mean... When do you think the last time was the Seahawks allowed 150 yards to one receiver? I I would imagine it's been multiple years. Really? It's a good mm. question, though, because Crabtree right now, he could do anything, and it wouldn't totally stop. Well, they're not going to— He's gonna, playing that well. Right, but, okay, he also injured his shoulder last game. Wasn't himself throughout the rest of the game. Bolden and Vernon Davis were the two primary pass catchers after that. So, to me, I don't think they're going to ignore Bolden and Vernon Davis and just go to Crabtree, who's probably going to have Richard Sherman draped all over him. Probably logically you go Lynch here. Sherman is a great call there, too. That's going to make it much harder for Crabtree. Lynch had a big game the first time they played. Not huge. I think it was just shy of 100 yards, but they had they had pretty big holes. I mean, that's – Go think, back to last year in week 16 or whatever. I think he had a big game then, too, against the 49. And he's going to show up. He shows up every week. He's a clutch guy. I don't think that Lynch will get shut down in this game. That would be my feeling on that, Lynch. Greg. Is no. Wink allowed to answer his own questions? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the rules, they, they're a little bit you – know, Malleable. Can, yeah, they're malleable. <laughs> Thank you, Wes. Uh, who did I ask the last question to? Great. Me. Wes. Wink would have known. What's that. more likely? <laughs> Shut up. What's more likely? Russell Wilson finishes in the Gabbard zone, which of course is less than five yards per attempt, or Colin Kaepernick completes less than 50% of his passes? Uh, Kaepernick completes less than 50% of his passes because I believe in his career he has completed 50.7% of his passes against the Seahawks. Wow. Mm. Just pulled that out of thin air. I'm I'm on this. That's pretty good. It's really a shame that you're going into the wilderness forever (laughs) in about three hours. Nobody defends Colin Kaepernick like the Seahawks do. His worst games have come in Seattle, so I think that's much more likely. I'd go with that because Kaepernick, you know, last week, last couple weeks statistically is floating around 50% at various points in the game, and he's playing a much better secondary, the best in the league this week. With Wilson, yeah, his numbers are way down and I guess I'm not as concerned about that as some are because of the way that offense is structured. But uh, in this case, that Gabbard zone territory for Wilson would surprise me. So I'm going uh, to We haven't really pointed this out, but Russell Wilson's streak lately has come against not, not one of those defenses is less than average. They've all been really good defenses. Uh, I guess maybe the Giants at New York is the – Worst defense he's faced, and they were one of the better defenses in the league over the past sec- over the second half of the season. So maybe that's what's How, at- yeah, However, his numbers are in an area where it's good defense or not, they are unimpressive. That's fair. 
Greg, what are your thoughts? I'm going to go with Russell Wilson in the Gabbard zone. And I admit this is an underdog pick. If it was, they were setting lines in Vegas, you would have to get some odds because I think it's, it's more likely on paper, Kaepernick. But I have a feeling of this game they're going to struggle to throw the ball. He has been in the Gabbard zone a couple times recently. For all the new listeners, the Gabbard zone is somewhere in the vicinity of, what, four to five? Five, five, five yards y- per attempt. Five yards per attempt. Last week against New Orleans, 5.72 yards per attempt. Uh, against Arizona in Week 16. It's a much better defense he's facing this week, too. Four yards per attempt that week. So it's happened, and uh, I just see such a defensive battle, and I think they're going to struggle to throw the ball. The uh, Gabbert zone at five yards per attempt is like the Mendoza line at the 200 batting average. Even if you're at 206, you're still hovering around the Mendoza line. If you're at 5.5 yards per attempt, you're still in the Gabbert zone. It'd be great if you could time travel and go back to the 2010 draft and just lean into the uh, GM of the Jaguars ear and go, <laughs> beware of the Gabbard zone, <laughs> and see if he still makes the pick. I thought you were going to say you were going to time travel back into the Gabbard zone, which just <laughs> oh, wow. blew my mind. It's trippy, man. It's trippy. Wow. I don't think we can recover from that. <clears throat> and finally, one last one, and I'll, I'll throw it to Sessler. What's more likely? <laughs> Papa John climbs out of the television set like the girl in the ring, or Troy Aikman challenges Anquan Bolden to a televised street fight a la Rocky V. Definitely Papa John, and I think that there's genuine concern. I know we share that, Dan. That, yes. Uh, his skill set in terms of his powers are, we don't know, maybe limitless. Uh, he's eternally <laughs> creepy. He's an awful he, – he's obviously not been hired just to be an actor. There's something else going on here. Greg is trying to shut you up so we don't get I, fired. For the first time, I feel like the shadowy league figure. <laughs> I won't this say another nothing, word. This is it, let it just be. It's a warning. Stuff. It's a warning to all people. Don't look him in the eyes. I'm going street fight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Mark on the Papa John thing. Street fight? No, no, no. <clears throat> the girl in the ring or whatnot. I, know, oh, I have yeah. no idea what the girl in the ring is because that's, I don't know. It's probably <laughs> any, happened since any, 1995. I was going to say, any pop film. culture that happened after the Spin Doctors had a hit. I hated the Spin Doctors. Naomi Watts, <laughs> the ring, right? Yes, uh, that was Watts. Right after Mulholland Drive, you know. TD and I, was, I would be a I formidable tandem. Yeah. What, black, lack of knowledge? Black tie? No, I, I would handle everything before 1995, and he would handle everything after 1995. Actually, we would cover yeah, each true. other's weakness. <laughs> All right, Mark and I are going to speak with Greg Hardy right now. Wes, you are heading off into the wilderness potentially, but again, wine coolers in Winwood to me is a better idea. <laughs> and Greg, you have some managerial tasks to handle. Is that correct? No, I'm going to hang out with uh, my daughter and her new teepee she got. It's, it's going to be good. Good dad huh. work. What a dad. <laughs> See what um, I'm missing out on? Yeah. So you two gentlemen, uh, good seeing you. Mark, let's, let's continue on with our work. Let's go. We have a very special guest on the line right now. Uh, he is a star defensive end for the Carolina Panthers. Finished the season with 15 sacks, tying a franchise record over there, and also an Around the League podcast favorite. He is Greg Hardy. Greg. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How's it going? Welcome to the Around the League podcast. You, I'm sure you're aware of this as a huge listener of the program, but we, we've talked up the Panthers all year, and you in particular were a huge fan of what you've been able to do in the last two seasons and the promise that your defense has. Yes, sir, man. Um, you know, it feels good to just, you know, come to a complete season where we're getting acknowledgement for the hard work and the blood, sweat, and tears that we put in, man. 
Um, I've made it this I've made it this far into the interview without bringing up the Kraken, but now it's time. Um, <laughs> according to the internet, which obviously is never wrong, the Kraken is a legendary sea monster of giant proportions that is said to dwell off the coasts of Norway and Greenland. Um, I for my first question is how how did you begin to associate yourself with this great beast? How can you not, man? Look at it; <laughs> does whatever he wants, and that's my thing. So, like, we're a match made in heaven. How did you even learn about it? Is it was it a movie or a book or? Um, you know, I'm, I got an artistic background. I went to school for graphic design and, uh, in English, you know, and in both you kind of research mythology and, you know, monsters and creatures and so on and so forth. So when uh, one of my fans brought it up on one of the um, the websites, like Reddit or, Reddit or Catscratch or something like that, they were like, the guy's coming off the bench like a cracker. And I was like, wait for <laughs> it. That sounds like me. <laughs> and and from what, from what uh, we hear and read, Apparently, there's like a whole, like, uh, it's almost, even though you're the Kraken, it's almost incredible Hulk-esque where you go from Bruce Banner to the Hulk. Free safety and your teammate Mike Mitchell had this to say. He puts his headphones on and his contacts in. Apparently, they're, you know, cat contacts, which is outrageous and awesome. In and Greg's out the door, and now you get to see the Kraken. I believe in him. So you become a different creature altogether. Yes, sir. It's a whole other other way of thinking, just uh, like a different mindset that, you know, I bring to the field that I don't even think is allowed in, like, normal society. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing uh, you're allowed to do it on the field. All right, so I just want to – we want to get into a little bit. We want to look ahead to these games, but I want to talk about Sunday a little bit. Um, Obviously, a a, a tough loss that ended your season. Um, I know that you had eight sacks in your last three games of the season. Then you got shut out. In general, the defensive uh, front seven struggled to get uh, to the other side. Now – you had said you were quoted saying they got they got a lot of us rattled. Um, how is the San Francisco scheme different that was able to kind of get you guys in a little bit of trouble? Wasn't really, you know, just much different. It was just effective, man. They they came out. They knew they were uh, a serious front. They came out with a lot of you know fast throws, bang aids, slants, and uh, tried to open up with the run game. We stopped it pretty good early, but you know they opened up in the second half, went back to it, man, and it just. It started to break us down. You know, our rush wasn't getting there. Kaepernick was getting comfortable. And like I said, that's what happens, man, when a better team comes to play that day. You know, taking a look at this weekend, obviously a, a, a matchup that a lot of people felt from the start of the season we'd see in the title game, San Francisco going to Seattle. In your mind, are the two best teams in the NFC playing this weekend? Uh, you know, I can't write it fully say that. <laughs> <laughs> you think uh, – you think that things will be different next season for you? Almost definitely, man. I feel like, you know, especially if I stay in Carolina, we're going to come out with a serious attitude and a chip on our shoulder just prepared to dominate, you know, at every level. And I guess, you know, like every everybody's saying right now about us this year, you know, we'll have some experience like we didn't have this year. And you got to make a lot of plays that we didn't make and just fill in the blanks, you know, basically. You know, taking a look at the San Francisco and Seattle, you, you guys obviously squared off against – both quarterbacks, you know, with Russell Wilson and Colin Kaepernick, what, how, what's the difference between these two? How would you characterize something that makes one, you know, varied from the other? Honestly, you know, just um, the level of completion, man. You got, you got, you got to look out for Westbrook. I mean, what? Uh, I said Westbrook. <laughs> you got to look out for that guy, man, because uh, he can complete passes on any level. You know what I mean? Like scrambling two foot in a, uh, in a sack, you know, falling down. 
underhand, all types of ways, man. And, and he's not afraid to hold the ball and just get down there and make the plays wherever and whenever, you know. But Kaepernick, man, he's more of a you know, a team quarterback, man. He works well with his offensive linemen. His scheme's perfect for him, man. And when he feels like going, he goes. But he's definitely, you know, looking to make more more plays according to the scheme and not just, you know, running a running the Seattle type offense. Are you uh, coming off Sunday in the loss? Are you someone that's able to watch Sunday's NFC title game, or do you stay away from it and kind of shut it down and start looking toward next season? Me? Oh yeah, I'm done with it, my man. I can't, I can't look at it, man. I, I'm, I got a thing for losing. You know, it just eats me up inside. Man. Just to see, you know, uh, the last game that you know we were playing with this defense that I've, you know, grown to love and just be a part of breaks me up inside. So I try to stay away from it. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like I'd be the same way. If, oh, I, yeah. if you're that invested in, in, in what you're trying to do and then you fall short, I, you know, I feel like I wouldn't be watching it. I'd, are you going on a vacation or anything? You you doing something cracked, like crack-entastic? <laughs> yes, sir. I'm, uh, I'm on the coast right now, man, ready to get in some of this water up in Miami. So the sea monster will go into the sea, his natural <laughs> Seems domain. Seems fitting. And dominate. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so your general manager, Dave Gettleman, gave uh, you know the state of the team press conference today. Uh, Panthers don't have a great salary cap situation. We know. Uh, would you be all right with the franchise tag? I mean, would you, how disappointed would you be, or are you cool with it and just building off that? If that uh, happens, you know, I'm definitely ready to build, man. It's a big honor to have a franchise tag. You know, um, especially with this type of organization in this position, man. And I would love to just be that guy that you know can bring more chaos to Carolina. You know me. Are you defusing a bomb? It sounds like there was something beeping going on. Did you just <laughs> did you just stop a major tragedy? Oh no, that's my car, man. Everything's complicated out here with me. <laughs> you got serious gadgets. I like that. Let's say uh you do get that franchise tag and you fulfill your promise, uh which we don't doubt you'll do at some stage here, of fifty sacks in a single NFL season. Would the be- you- by the way, the best prediction. Oh, of hands the down. Season. Hands down. I mean would you at that point do you just march into Dave Gettleman's office and just say I mean, what do you ask for at All that point? All the money. <laughs> Whatever I want, like always. <laughs> I mean, what, honestly, $700 million over 40 years? What, what, what would be your best guess of the contract you would get off a 104-sack season in 2014? Uh, we just throw together Megatron, uh, Tom Brady, uh, Drew Brees. Just throw them all together and just put that one for me. I like it. Put Dave, that number down for me. Dave Gettleman thinks he has uh, salary cap problems now. Just wait till the Kraken <laughs> goes for a century. Um, yes, sir. Greg Hardy, you are the man. Uh, thank you for coming on and joining us, and uh, best of luck in your sea dive and then coming back and, and terrorizing the league again in 2014. Thanks a lot, man. Man, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Cracking out. <laughs> Cracking out. All right, so we will be back on Thursday. That will be our supersized conference weekend pregame study of the two huge title games. Everything in our life is pointed towards these two games this Sunday. There is very little happening in our lives outside of that. It's sadly true. All right, until then, this is Dan Hansen signing off. We're the sizzler, the mailman, the boss, the gold standard behind the glass. Until Thursday. Or like Tasty like, tweet. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.